Did we ever come up with what the name for this? Uh, we haven't. I feel like we should make it through season one yeah. before we really commit to and bother name. to name. This. I agree. I agree. I think that's smart. Well, either way, welcome. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. We have we have a, a new episode that we have watched, and um, we're ready to to get into it and uh, yeah, break this one down. Now, this one deals with a very common comic book theme, which is changing uh, the weather. Yeah. Yeah, it does show up a lot in comic books. We see this a lot. I used to play a CD-ROM game called Operation Weather Disaster. It was a uh, a Disney Channel, or not Disney Channel, Discovery Channel, produced a series of interactive CD-ROMs and there was a, a weather guy, uh, he messing up the weather there. It's something that back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, whenever we knew that climate change was a problem, but we're not acting uh, on it, that it was a big scary thing. Oh, someone changing the weather. And now uh, we actually need this technology. This is a very important Yeah. Very important that we discover a way to change the weather. Now this guy, the 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 villain of this episode, Doctor would be a hero. Doctor Thinkwick. Well, that's the yeah, Doctor Thinkwick. The other other funny thing about it is, and and this is something that you know we I've we've seen this uh, in the previous episodes, and that is the fact that there is a disconnect between things that are. Well, when we think about the future and we think about what's technology going to be like in the future, some things are accurate and some things are not accurate. For instance, they have technology that destroys matter. However, they still have to go to the library to look things up. So, some things uh, are impossible and some things... I feel like they could have predicted. And the the weather thing, yeah. the weather thing is something where it's interesting when there's one person that is able to come up with machines and devices to change the change the weather when we as a planet can't even uh come together to to do it. Yeah. I also I I I'm eager to get into, I think we'll have to get into this later because it doesn't show up until later. But the plight of Glacia. Oh sure. And their their approach to things. Well, let's because they really they really jump to the most extreme solution to their problem. I, I don't know if he was acting on behalf of Glacia, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's uh let's yes. I'll I'll recap this one from the top. I think I it's the most fresh in my mind. Let's do it. So we start off. Wendy and Marvin and Wonder Dog are on vacation. But guess what? The pool freezes over. It is a mystery. And they tell their super friends, who apparently were already on the way. Yeah. I Well, this gets into something that I'm very curious about. <laughs> we will we'll get into it. How old are Wendy, Marvin, and Wonder Dog that they can just rent we'll, a house in Florida We'll get together. into it, Michael, because I have my theories. But it turns out that there's something wrong with the Gulf Stream, the famous stream that we all know about back then. It was so important. Yep. And 
they do a little digging and they find out that there's uh essentially I'll I'll skip to the end. They find out that there's a professor named or a doctor named Dr. Thinkwick and he has created a weather machine and he's using this weather machine to change weather. And we learn that he's doing it for his home area of Glacia, a place that doesn't exist. Uh, and uh, at the end, they figure out a way to solve their problems. Because the, he's doing it because uh, living in Glacia is miserable. They don't have crops uh, for some reason. Yeah. And uh, now... Which makes you wonder how anyone uh, survived there long enough to establish a country. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they, uh, uh, and then finally they, uh, uh, they, they resolve it. So that, that's the basic thing. They, uh, there's problems. They find that there's some doctor causing the problems. They help the doctor. So we'll get into yeah. the particulars. One thing I think is fun, uh, that is a, a fun activity is when, once we've identified the villain to figure out whether they're a legit psycho, or if they're just uh, a man who circumstances, a man whose circumstances went beyond their control, because be- because they sometimes it's one and sometimes it's the other. I feel like so far it's pretty much always a man whose circumstances went beyond his control. I, a, a bit. The only the only one that pops out to me. Well, you know that they, they did have a group of thugs. That they've had several group of thugs that just yes. want to steal things. Uh, I feel like in the um, the one with uh, oh, what's his the asshole who made stuff disappear. Oh yeah, um, uh, Mr. Baff- Professor, <laughs> Professor Baffle. Uh, we won't get into Professor Baffle again, but he he was a monster. But they p- framed him as someone whose circumstances were beyond his control, and yeah. he had two and. Yeah, he had two thugs that were influencing him that they framed them as the monster. Well, and I, it does get into like a weird class issue because the not quite evil, just misguided primary antagonist, who is usually redeemed by the end, feels uh, usually educated. Sure. <laughs> Whereas the irredeemable, just regular bad guys are all blue They're collar. quite dumb. Yeah. So it really, there's a real class disparity in terms of whether this show thinks you are <laughs> redeemable yeah. or not. The guys who are the bad guys are always talking like this. But the people who are the uh, redeemable ones are always talking like this. Uh, that's how you know. Yeah, it's it's very strange. Yeah. Well... Let's let's waste no further time. Let's get into the particulars of this episode. I'll let you start. You have a issue with this uh, vacation house situation. Yes, because in the previous episode, we have established that Marvin does have a mother that he lives with. We also determine that Wendy and Marvin are in high school. They are they are not adults, and. So far as I can tell, Metropolis, which is where they live, they live in the greater Metropolis area, that's not in Florida. That is not a Florida city. You don't know that. So all of that together confuses me, causes me to be confused by the fact that Wendy and Marvin have rented a house 
for a, a vacation house in now, Florida. What ma- without what makes without you think what makes you think that they have rented a house that that they rented this house? Oh, do you think they own it? My theory, or that they are are crashing in a stranger's my home, theory that they are is that committing a my crime. theory is that Batman owns it. My okay. theory is that Batman owns okay. it because they never expressly say that they um have rented it. It's it's implied because you think, oh well, they don't seem like affluent people who would own two houses. And the first thing that we hear after we see them in you know in their uh summer uh, attire is that Batman's on the way. So Batman's not on the way. I you know it is not impl- he's not coming initially to to solve any problems i think he's coming because it is his house and he's coming to make sure that they haven't fucked things up so yeah that my thought was maybe batman and robin are staying with them which then (laughs) it makes me think that part of the duty roster of justice league you got you got trouble alert duty where you're just making sure nothing bad is happening you have like government liaison duty. And then there is Wendy and Marvin vacation duty where you have to stay with them when they're on summer vacation. And that has to be the worst duty. A fate of all. worse than death, I would say. This yeah. this also so far is the sexiest episode, because we start off seeing a lot of um topless people at the beach. Yep. And we also see uh Marvin topless. It was not something I was anticipating. Yeah, I mean, do you think anything is going on between Wendy and Absolutely Marvin not. without adult supervision? Absolutely not. Yeah. I don't think Wendy... I think Wendy's asexual. I think Marvin is. You see, I... I, I think Marvin, think Marvin is, is sexual, but he's a man, He's a child. He's a man... You know, he has the mind of a child. I see. I And that's why I think... I think they probably are both sexual beings, but... Again, Wendy seems like she's maybe in her 40s, and Marvin needs constant supervision lest but, he hurt himself or other. But she she also might have the mind of a child, because she's in her 40s. She looks like she's in her 40s, but is also in high school. So this yeah. could just be a... Sp- Unless, you know what? Maybe it turns out that she... Did they say specifically she was a high school student in the previous episode? Maybe she's actually a teacher. Maybe. No, but I think she alluded to learning. I think the problem with the uh yeah. geek system was that she she wanted to uh learn. So I think your initial assessment was right. This we're going down a tangent, but my theory is that Batman yeah. owns this house, he's letting them use it, uh, and he's coming to check to check them out. Uh, so he arrives shortly after Marvin discovers the pool has frozen. Which, again, I, I don't want to keep derailing us, but the pool is frozen, yet the air temperature is such that Marvin is surprised that the pool is frozen, suggesting that Dr. Thinkwick specifically targeted this pool. Perhaps, or... Uh, we we later we later learn that uh, there's there's this tube that he's using. Maybe the tube diverted things right into that pool. Bottom line is that his machine is causing things to go haywire. So maybe there was just a small pocket. 
I just I feel like every time these supervillains with really global scale capabilities, they always discover these plans with weirdly small scale. Well, effects. sure. Well, that's how it works, like, though. With baffles, the encyclopedias went missing, and a single library. Absolutely. Well, that's that's how it works. First, first, it's a little with the sun. geek system. It was like a self-driving forklift. First, first, it's a little thing, and now it's a single frozen. It's pool. a little thing at first, and then you have to unravel the mystery, Michael. There's no, I, I suppose. there's no huge catastrophe. You know, you have to be observant. My my, so far though, I we I've forgot to mention this. Uh, when we open, Wendy has baked buttermilk biscuits on her vacation. Yeah, she's decided to spend her time. Baking, which is, uh, you know, a very a sign of the times, I suppose. I suppose. But they, you know, they don't really talk much uh, more about that, just that she's busy baking because she's supposed to. And yes. Marvin, he has been uh, ice skating on this pool. Batman comes and Marvin goes, hey, the pool is ice. Batman does not believe him, which I feel like that this is... Uh, counter i mean this is a waste of time not to believe him luckily there's a chunk of ice still attached to wonder dog's tail and then they know that he's wonder dog does not seem alarmed by that either that would not feel good to have a big chunk of ice hanging off your tail it would cause uh well i mean it's the same principle of mr freeze where they go oh you've got 12 minutes to thaw these people and it's like well that they would die from the uh, hypothermia, you know, from the uh, yeah burns. Anyway, so they uh, discover he, that Marvin was not laying. The pool was uh, actually frozen. So they drive to uh, the, <laughs> the government building to look up some. Yeah, the United States government building. There's just the one. The United you know, States government a, building. <laughs> um. At this point, I wrote the note, has Batman done anything but drive in this series? Because I can't remember any specific, like, action that's happened from him. Well, he did use a boat. Like, no, that's in this episode. In this episode, in this episode. Yeah, so before this, no, I think he's just driven. He's He's just driven. He's essentially a chauffeur and someone who's very critical. But that that does change in this episode, and we'll get into that. So, yeah. They go to the um, government building, and meanwhile, and uh, oh, there's another problem. There's a problem with a glacier, correct, or something. Or there's there's an ocean liner caught in a whirlpool that Wonder Woman saves. That's right. There at one point. So one note that I have is that the narrator of the series. I've been trying to pinpoint exactly how he says Wonder Woman's name. And I think it's something like this. Wonder Human. It's like, like, like he's just one, a little bit drunk. Wonder Human. It's like he's like he's saying human. Wonder Woman. Human. Woman. He's slowly turning into Tom Broca. Yeah. Wonder Woman. It is it is a little Tom Brokaw-y. And uh it bothers me the way he says it. But moving yeah. on. Wonder Woman does something in this episode. And that is, she melts ice by shooting stars out of her... Oh, yeah. I, I we, We're not there yet, but yes, oh, okay. that is a power we have never seen before, and I don't think we ever see again. She has 
she shoots stars. Yeah. Um, I wanted to make sure because, you know, I was a little bit unaware of the transparent plane lore. So I wanted to make sure that I that that was as uh, bizarre as I, I looked. I thought it was. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, she saves an ocean liner from a, a big whirlpool. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then they're icebergs. Yes, so this is, yeah, this is the star hands part where Superman and Wonder Woman clear away icebergs and she shoots stars from her hands. But I need to know what you have to say about the quote-unquote spies. Or, I guess they're not the spies, but um, there are some gentlemen in the government building that um, I'm very curious about. Yeah, because one of them just seems like a regular government functionary who they never really go into how or why these guys are working for. Um, well, first and, first you, and you, foremost. You named him Professor Thinkwick. I did not catch his name, so I've been calling him Boat Beret Guy in my notes. Boat Mr. Boat Beret. he's a beret the entire time. I, I'm only saying Dr. Thinkwick because... I'm looking at the recap right now, and that's what it says. Dr. Thinkwick. I don't remember them ever saying his name. Yeah. So, we're we're skipping a little bit. What It turns out that, that this weather doctor has spies in the government who are yes. smuggling things for him. My guess, I mean, I guess that they are... Maybe they're from Glacia because it, it, it turns out he's doing what he's doing for his home country of Glacia. Maybe they yeah. are from Glacia or they are sympathetic to the cause of Glacia. Either way, the note I wrote was cuck because this dude, <laughs> this, dude this dude that's stealing the, the maps, he's so uh, ineffectual. Really, the main thing we need to touch on right now is the fact that they discover these two gentlemen are working to smuggle away important records, and yes, they go out because there appear to be only like there's only one weather map for any particular place. It's correct, uh, and they have to go after these these two men, um, and they um, the the way that one of them. Uh, evades them is jumping right between Robin's legs. He this is yep. his signature move. He loves to jump between legs and slide and fall down laundry and garbage chutes. Uh, he's a very slippery man, yep. and he's evaded uh, the whole group with his slipping and sliding directly between Robin's thighs. And then the other bad guy, Batman pantses. Batman pantses a guy. Correct, because he. He no longer has pants later on. Yeah. I feel like they were making up for that that continuity problem from last episode where his emblem disappeared. That they said, you know what? Let's actually make this pants gag pass between um, segments. Yeah. So they try their best to stop these men, but they get away and they take their pants. Then we move on to uh, a comment... So, all right, so this is something that I'm curious about because, you know, so we live in 2021. We're going through a weird time in terms of 
uh, equality and uh, or equity and um, you know being respectful of of people. This is not from 2021. This is from uh, many many years ago, 1973. And in 1973, I'm guessing there is a it is in the midst of the women's liberation movement because they do have this element of so Marvin. He makes a statement about uh, men having a keener powers of observation than women. Yes. And it's a gag because as he's saying this, something is happening right below his very right below his very face. And I'm like, that stuck out to me because Wendy still very solidly has homebound duties. She thinks in terms of women shop and men work. Yeah. But they are very much doing the whole bumbling man idiot thing. And so I think I, what it, the, I think what this is is a very pointed commentary about the dangers of internalized misogyny. Because of the pervasive nature of misogyny, uh Wendy has begun to accept those sexist outlooks as fact. And it's really about the tragedy of that. Or Marvin's an idiot. They, they're the joke is that Marvin's that. Marvin that. is a, is a dumb idiot, and he's not a real man. Um, he thinks he's a man, but actually he's a he's a dummy, and it's still pl- placing yeah. men above. Like when when he says that men have keener observ- powers of observation, I don't think they meant the joke to be that it's the opposite. It's they they fully believe that men have keener op- powers of observation. They just don't view Marvin as a man yet. Yeah, he is a, a dullard. Um, Correct. A burden on his loved ones. I'm not sure how best to describe him. He's all of these things. So the next, the next note I have is from Globy. So if you have other notes, uh, t- take it away. Well, oh yeah, oh man, I got some notes on Globy as well. So uh, before that. After Marvin talks about practicing observation every day, they follow the beret-wearing bad guy, Professor Thinkwick, I suppose, through the rain. Wonder Dog bumps into him, and he confronts them for following him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they come to the brilliant conclusion that Wonder Dog is, in fact, a dog and not a person, thus... Is still allowed to follow. Well, so he what what he says bad, specifically yeah. is he goes, I'm I'm entitled to my privacy, and he goes, if uh, if you people follow me again, I'm going to call the police, and so they come up with the idea that well, Marvin and Wendy are people, but Wonder Dog is not people, so that means that Wonder Dog can follow him. And they uh, they use that circular they use this weird logic that that was the thing that he didn't want. <laughs> yeah. Um. But either way, Wonder Dog is still sneaking up on him. It's not like Wonder Dog is visibly walking after him. That that part really, I wonder. Like, was that for the for the children? If the, some of these justifications make sense because it's for children, some of them, yeah, seem like just waste of time. Well, and this also leads into something interesting because this guy he causes a blizzard and goes away, and then Wendy and Marvin show up in the Batmobile, 
and they, you know they figure out what happened with Wonder Dog, more Wonder Dog charades. But pretty soon thereafter, we see Batman and Robin also in the Batmobile. So are there two Batmobiles just around? No, that's a continuity error. I don't know. I think there might be multiple Batmobiles. No, because there's not even the only one that can drive the Batmobile is Batman. So, well, except we see Marvin and Wendy driving the Batmobile. Do they, do they give a just- again? Confusing me about how old they're supposed to be. I'd see. I didn't even catch that. I didn't even catch that they were driving the Batmobile. This was at, they were chasing after the weather beret guy. Yeah. Well, it was after Wonder Dog followed him, and then the the beret guy created a blizzard to get away, and so they pull up in the Batmobile, and Wonder Dog does more charades. I'll need to look that up because I don't remember that. Uh, I'm not saying you're wrong, but. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, interesting that I guess just the Batmobile is just, you know, the, the, the car, it's the car. It's the car. Uh, absolutely. Okay. So, um, that, that bizarre, that bizarre exchange happens. And then do we get to yeah. Globy? One more thing to get to Globy. Beret guy drives off the pier. Right. And and gets away. So yeah, then Aquaman summons Sea Life for answers and Globy the pilot whale responds. So the reason why we made a note of Globy is that throughout all these episodes, he has talked to numerous sea creatures, asking for favors, commanding them, delegating tasks to them. This, to my knowledge, is the first time that any of these sea creatures has had a name. Yes. I believe you're correct. But also, this is the longest fucking conversation. The narrator <laughs> includes so much detail. Aquaman Globy. asks Globy if he saw anyone. And then Globy, Globy says, asked, no, but maybe my cousins did. But maybe my cousins dolphins. did. And then I'll need to check with them later. But then I don't know where they are. It was, It went on forever. <laughs> goes on for so long at first i was like globy what a dumb name and he, he they and his name is globy the pilot whale uh and yeah. i was like what is he is it a pilot apparently i did not realize there's a species called a pilot whale i did not either and uh and guess what their biological genus or phylum or whatever is i'll tell you globocephala yeah. There we go. That's man. That's, so they're they're that putting, is that is the writers going deep on the pilot whale. They these episodes are becoming more edu- educational. They're trying to inject more and yeah. more uh, begrudging like descriptions of how the Gulf how the Gulf Stream works, and it seems like this is kind of a a jump though from from going oh. Gulfstream makes cool places cool and hot places hot. And then putting a little reference into the uh, biological classification of pilot whales. <laughs> Seems like a yeah. bit of a bit of a it's, yeah, it's a bit of a jump. Experience. Uh, speaking jump. of educational stuff, did you catch earlier when Batman was asking Marvin what he knew about the Gulfstream? And once again, Someone tried to help Marvin answer, and Batman was like, no, no, let him figure it out. <laughs> it's abuse. It's abuse at this point. It really is. 
You're teaching kids it's not okay to ask for help. The other, uh, speaking of asking for help, the other significant thing about Globy is that he is the first sea creature with the fucking nuts to actually ask Aquaman for something in return. Yeah. He goes, I'll do it. I'll do this, but you need to help my friends. Uh, and Aquaman, uh, accepts, but he does. It, he looks surprised. I think he respects the courage. I think he respects the, the backbone of, uh, of a whale who's going to push back. Yeah. Who's going to say, Hey, stop bossing us around 24 seven and help us for once. Uh, and he does. He frees. Oh, he frees them. He frees some dolphins that have been tangled up. Another key part of this is that the the weather changes has caused uncontrollable seaweed growth, uh, which I feel like this is yeah. the second time that extremely tangly seaweed is uh, uh, a device that's employed. Do you think one of the writers had some sort of uh, traumatic Trauma. experience with seaweed? Absolutely. He got tangled up in some seaweed, and every chance he gets, he, he wants to put it in there. Some tangly, some tang- extra tangled st- seaweed. And they're like, they're like, it's the bottom of the ocean. Who cares? And he goes, doesn't matter. It's extra tangly. It's, it's dangerous. So then the super friends all meet on the beach. And they explained to Marvin that the ocean is very big. Well, did you catch the weird thing there as well? Which weird thing? So, Wendy turns to Marvin and... Or someone asks Marvin... Yeah, no, Wendy's talking and she goes to Marvin and she says... I think she asks him, do you know how big the Atlantic Ocean is? He goes, ah, very big? And Wendy's... Wendy mouths, ah, very big... I, in, in an identical way to Marvin at the same time. I don't know enough about animation to figure out why that is the case, but that is so bizarre. Like, what? How does that it work? Sounds like she was mocking him. I think well, maybe she was just mocking him. I don't think so. I, I, if only it was an intentional dig, that would fit. It doesn't fit. It's the the for some reason. It's like if both cartoon characters mouth the dialogue. I mean, that's what it's what's happening. Both cartoon characters are yeah. mouthing the dialogue that one is saying. That's really weird. It's like copy-paste. If you go back and look, you'll see what I'm talking about. Her mouth <laughs> says, uh, very big at the same time his does. Um, that's anyway, crazy. They tried their best. Uh, and then... So, and it is... Yeah. Here where the biscuits come back into play... Always well, I, I wrote. I wrote. Wendy can only think in terms of biscuits. Uh, she discovers the concept of patterns via biscuits. <laughs> biscuits, <laughs> because patterns don't normally come up unless we're thinking about um, buttermilk. Biscuits. Buttermilk, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, she remembers patterns. Remembers that patterns exist because of biscuits. Um, <laughs> then Aquaman finally arrives. He makes a beeline for the biscuits. Which, you know what? Can't fault him there. I would too, except these biscuits look burned as hell. Yeah, no, these are like... They are way too dark. Dark, purpley biscuits. They don't look good. They don't look like good biscuits. But he goes straight for them. I guess they smell good. I think Wendy did fuck them up. But, um... Oh, yeah. He he is... He's over there eating biscuits... They say, hey, we figured out a plan. He's like, I f- fucking fine. I don't care. And uh, they they go to their stations. Everyone is going around yeah. around the planet to look for patterns. 
Yeah, Superman follows air pressure, Aquaman follows water temperatures, Batman and Robin follow air temperature, and Wonder Woman follows wind velocity. And then Wendy and Marvin chart the results. And they and all of this leads them to re- realize that the Gulf Stream is shifting. Uh, are, so wait, Superman... Oh no, Superman, I guess, was measuring the high altitude pressure, and Batman was just measuring he was uh, batman was was tracking air temperature oh uh, i see so he's just driving around with a thermometer because he doesn't have the ability basically yes okay fair enough and then they get a, a call from colonel wilcox to save uh animals stranded on an island was this the was this and the... Wonder Woman leaves for pretty much the entire episode at this point yeah she, she sh- just goes away they're like Oh, we can't really use Wonder Woman, so let's have her save animals mostly off screen. Yeah, they need to get get her out of there. Um, this is also my I loved that uh I can't remember if this was in the other ones, but when a call came, this long microphone just kind of ejects from the console and like kind of apropos of nothing. And I was uh kind of confused by that. Uh I remember that. The other thing is uh the rings are are coming back in a big way and that is they all talk into their rings to communicate with each other uh this was something that i feel like maybe they said uh all right this doesn't uh, you know they don't they don't have any way to contact each other and it makes it re- extremely difficult to write this write this tv show yeah but also if there are communications between them Aquaman is not on them because Superman <laughs> says, please inform Aquaman. Aquaman just has to hear things through the grapevine. Secondhand. And it's not like his dolphin friends are any help. No. Now, this is one of the rare occasions that I want to get to something that I... Uh, this is going to be kind of a maybe a shock to you. Number one, this is the first appearance of the Batboat. I don't know. Did they call it something? Yes. I think it's just the bat boat. The bat boat. Do not judge me. And I know that you will. Not only. Probably. Not only do I think that this bat boat is um, cool. Not only was it the highlight of the episode for me. I think that the Super Friends first appearance of the bat boat is the coolest design I've ever seen of the Batboat in any Batman media I've ever consumed. I don't disagree. I feel like the Batboat is usually designed as an afterthought, and this feels like they put more effort into it than the Batmobile. Absolutely. It legitimately, I thought it looked like a very cool design. It feels weird saying that because it clearly just seems kind of like, oh yeah, this is another thing that Batman has. But I thought it, it looked very cool. So whatever uh, designer that has passed on that designed that, good on you. I hope that maybe some, some way in the f- in some time in the future they uh, try to recreate this bat boat design because it looks great. It looks fantastic. It does. It looks great. What percentage of the people involved in the making of this show do you think are still alive? There's no way anyone's alive. They're all dead. Well, so Casey Kasem probably was one of the younger ones, and he he passed True. away when when we were in high school, right? 
No, it was later than that, but he is dead. You you made I sure think... of it. Yes. Uh, Wonder Dog, uh, Frank Welker, he's still alive. Sure, okay. But maybe just him. Maybe just him. Interesting. All right, so they're hunting. They they figured out uh, what's what's going on. And as, as has happened with each of these situations, Wendy... Marvin and Wonder Dog managed to be right next to the uh, to the bad person, to the villain. Yeah. So they discover kind of what's going on. They discover the nozzle connected to this ship that is changing the Gulf Stream. Marvin asks how shifting the Gulf Stream can change the weather, as though they hadn't talked about that for like most of the episodes just so a, far. Just a second ago. We just talked about this. Did Marvin. he hit his head? What's happening? Well, we've we've established he's a uh, less than a he's less than a man. They made that clear. <laughs> yeah, no, he doesn't know stuff. So I want to I want to talk about a principle that is called um, what I, I I've deemed Chekhov's irreversibly on. <laughs> now. They discover uh, who's they discover who's doing it. Somehow, Wendy and Marvin find their way onto because Batman and Robin have left them on the boat. Correct. They left them on the boat. They they make their way to finding finding the bad guy, and that is when he explains the situation. He is a doctor from a place called Glacia, and he is upset that everything's frozen. Now, at this point yeah. in history, they don't think global warming is a pro- like climate change is a problem, and they're not really seeing the effects of it. So that means this place is just—is it a tundra community? Because that exists. Like there are nomadic people, yeah. there are communities that exist in icy worlds. But if there are no resources, then why? How have they lived as long as they have? There aren't. There aren't native communities on Antarctica because it's inhospitable. Yeah. So why is anyone living in Glacia in the first place? Well, and it, he's like, oh, well, we can't grow crops. Well, were you growing crops before? I mean, was it a fishing community? I mean, it's like, yeah, doesn't it doesn't check out. But again, that's this is for children. Also, I'm pretty sure Thinkwick is white, meaning. That the people of Glacia are <laughs> European settlers. They chose to be there. Yeah, this is this is a, a it's a very um, you know, it's indicative of some kind of Caucasian uh, abuse. Yeah, they have picked an area to to settle that they're Ill- ill-equipped to be in, and now they're changing the world around them. Because that what they're saying is they don't have crops, and it's like, well, you did you move there? Did you crops? Did you have crops before? Does make sense? Yeah. Um, but this is the time that we see what I call Chekhov's irreversibly on, which is uh, whenever he turns his hose on, we see s- several settings. We see on, we see off, and we say, see a setting called irreversibly on that no one says a <laughs> word about. Which, if you're designing a machine, what makes you think, you know what, I I better have a setting that's impossible to turn off. Yeah. Just in case. No, he's, um, there's some problems here. 
But regardless, once we've seen Irreversibly On, we know it's going to come up. We're in a, we know it's going to happen. Uh, and so it's just a matter yeah. of time before it turns irreversibly on. So the, <laughs> the next note I have is about Batman and Robin and the stairs. So I'm going to hand it over <laughs> to you. Um, so, yes, they. Uh, this, is, this is my next note as well. Batman and Robin go up 50 flights of stairs. And Batman says, just enough to tone our muscles. Right. I mean, the, the implication is that they're, they're, they're in such great shape. They have such a demanding exercise schedule that 50 flights is nothing to them. And I would, I would argue that no one, past, present, or future, has ever or will ever be in so good of shape that 50 flights of stairs is nothing. Sure. But, I mean, they're the super friends. So... That's true. They uh, they run to the top. They so what is this building? Is, did they go back to the government building? I I believe so because they follow the bad guys into a room that is marked U.S. Depository Secret. <laughs> the, there's the regular one, and then there's the U.S. Depository Secret. Yes, and the bad guys are there to steal something called nuclear fuel that they just have. And touch. US depository and secret. touch. And touch. Yeah. It's just there. Yeah. There's one other thing that I forgot to bring up that is uh, a major thing. And that is some hardcore body shaming in this episode. <laughs> Wendy is constantly calling this guy a human toothpick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. Uh, Wendy and Marvin both are calling him a human toothpick. <laughs> Look at this human toothpick. <laughs> it's like it's it just jumps out because it's like i you know we're not over that but we're in 2021 we're a lot more caught you know we're, we're less bullying but it's like from from the last episode where they were fat shaming slim to this episode when they were shitting all over toothpick dr thinkwick it's like who's who's gonna be up to your standards wendy yeah, how do you thread that needle, Wendy? <laughs> Who's what? You gotta be. You gotta be look like Batman and Robin and effortlessly doing fifty flights of stairs. Is that your? <laughs> is that your ideal? The funny thing about it is that it's so it's so funny to look at like action, like superhero action back then compared to now, where it's like so this cartoon back then this was for kids. It was only in the 90s when Batman the Animated Series came out that they were like, all right, well, let's make this a little bit more all ages, right? And then now there's a, you know, the Warner Brothers has like, there's one called the Batman or something and the Brave and the Bold. And there's kids stuff, you know, kids cartoons. But like the action is, I don't want to say violent, but it's more quick and it's more like yeah. there's a lot of stuff happening. Back then, and the action was just a single, like, one punch, just like, psh, or running upstairs yeah. or whatever. So this demand that she has for a perfect Ripley person, like, it doesn't even exist. It does not. Yeah. At, when Batman and Robin boarded the ship and then Wendy and Marvin ended up following Wonder Dog on board earlier, you see them sneaking but it is very clearly leftover animation from them riding bikes. 
another like their <laughs> movement is not moving their hands are like holding handlebars and their legs are pedaling not not sneaking or running yeah, see, back then back then they were just recovering from the great depression they had to use every foot every bit of footage they had this this i think the entire first season of super friends looks to have had a budget of about 40 dollars. yeah uh and I'm I'm surprised they haven't had any more scenes where they turn the lights out and go, uh-oh. Anyway, so we in the interest of time, I wanna jump I wanna jump to the end unless there's anything else. Uh and that is the irreversibly on button gets turned. And what that means yeah. is that the two the drilling tube thing that shoots something that fucks up the weather, it is on irreversibly. And the super friends have to go and dismantle it on their own. Before they do that, though, they verbally respond to Professor Thinklick <laughs> turning goes, it to irreversibly on. Unbelievable! Uh, it goes, it goes. Batman, unforgivable. Wonder Woman, that's terrible. Aquaman, criminal. And then Robbins is my favorite. It's not right at all. <laughs> yeah, he kind of got fucked because what was he gonna say? This is bad, not good. I agree that this is also bad. <laughs> yeah. Poor poor Robin. But, you know, whatever. He's not Nightwing yet. So, yes, then uh, then they go, all right, we're 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 off to go stop this. Uh, Batman and Robin, they go to uh, some, something like they go to observe or something. Like, they have a bullshit way that yeah. they're going to uh, save this. But they all work together. And they shut down the drill. Again, it's unclear how powerful Superman is because he couldn't just break this thing. Correct. It's, again, the Superman's powers are all over the place. So they manage to break this down. And then they they say, and then they take Dr. Thinkwick and throw him in jail. Right? Wrong. That is wrong. That is not what happens. They instead create what would turn into an enormous ecological disaster. Yes. They by <laughs> heating up Glacia. By a stroke of luck, they find a geothermal heat pocket under the earth. Yeah. I guess directly or in the tube reaches all the way to Glacia. But um, it is uh, somehow they're going to use this pocket to heat Glacia. This guy, this doctor's getting away with no punishment. Yeah. Because looking at all the different disasters he caused, he is conservative, conservatively responsible for hundreds of thousands, if not millions of deaths. Has anyone gone to prison yet? Have we seen anyone go to prison yet? No. Nor have we even seen anyone throw a punch. <laughs> this is... This is... A series about... Really, uh, educated white male entitlement. Michael, why are you so violent? That's the big question. Why don't Why don't you use this, your noggin, instead of your fists? Because the super friends and Marvin can. Uh, and so this thing that can never happen, they find a geothermal air pocket. Apparently, there's a way to use it to change the climate of just this country. Hey, Greenland, go fuck yourself. <laughs> We're only fixing Glacia. Um, and turn this this country in the middle of uh, the icy tundra into a lush, 
green fertile farmland. Again, doesn't make any sense. Soil, uh, if, if it was just a frozen wasteland, the soil would not work that way. But again, this is a children's show. Also, again, given where Glacia is, it's supposed to be frozen. Yeah, that's the point. It's, it's supposed to be. You just shouldn't have settled there. That's a dumb place to go. So one of my closing thoughts before we get into our rating and our one act resolutions. A final thought about this is that uh, I'm having trouble pinning down still the political climate of the time and the opinion of the writers. Because at one point, someone says, or they all kind of echo the sentiment that if, if something happens to one, we're all on the same planet. And if something happens to one area... Soon enough, you're going to see effects in the other area. And we all have to work together. Uh, This was a a sentiment that was given uh, that nowadays seems very anti-Republican. Yeah. The Republican line is, well, if you're in a place that is affected by uh, climate change and things are bad, that is your fault. God has decided that you must suffer. And um, yeah. It's your fault for not moving, but don't move here. Uh, this is the the standard. So, I maybe the maybe this was a this what this did have a conservative uh, twist at the time, but that party has changed uh, because it feels very liberal. I mean that that sentiment of a global community feels very uh, progressive. Well, and and even the fact that. Like, we were making fun of the fact that the bad guys are always redeemed. I feel like that can go either way. It's either a white guy getting away with a crime, or, which is the conservative way to look at it, or it is a superhero show that is in no way concerned about law and order and crime and punishment, which feels very that is true. leftist. And, and so every- it's like this weird, it is both conservative and not. Yeah. These white people who talk a certain way almost never go to jail. It is yeah. other it is other people that go to jail. Oh, I and one last thing to bring up is that uh, the the <laughs> the episode ends once again. Wendy cooking biscuits and uh, yep. cooking her buttermilk biscuits, but there's a hilarious prank that she plays on Marvin. She has tied an ice cube to a thermometer and ask him to see what t- what the temperature is. It's yep. low. He freaks out, but then he looks at the prank and they all have a, a fun laugh at Marvin's expense. And again, it seems particularly cruel to play a prank on someone who is clearly suffering from some sort of traumatic brain injury. Yeah, it's it is cruel. She she had negative intentions whenever she uh, pulled this prank. Yeah. And uh, they're, it's basically nervous laughter that they have at the end. So, Mike, yeah. if you were to wrap this episode up in a single act, how would you do it? So this one, I feel like, is harder to wrap up than the previous episodes have been. But, oh, here's... Um, the government just makes multiple copies of their weather maps. Sure. Then 
when when the Florida coast map disappears, they can just use a different one. Yeah. Have more than one go. copy at the U.S. government building. Then they find the boat pretty fast, and they, they uh, stop the thing before it can be turned irreversibly on. Yeah. Uh, I think that's good. I, I, I can think of a way that they can stop it uh, in the first act. Go for act. it. Uh, so in this government building, these two gentlemen, one at the very least, looks like he has a position there. They simply need to figure out who who he is and like who is working at the government building at that time and um, dig into this person. Because my guess, he is also from Glacia. And once they learn that Glacia is in play, I think it's only a matter of time... Till they find Doctor Thinkwick. Yeah. There, no other. Th- this happened at a government building, but no other government assistance was given. Also, did you know? So Colonel Wilcox was in the Baffles episode. That's true. That's true. And he appeared to have a fairly high government position. Now he works at the Weather Service. <laughs> I think the events of Baffles got him demoted. I'm a hundred percent. I. I I think you're a hundred percent right. He's he's no longer he's out. He in the next episode we're going to see him working in like the commissary of the United States <laughs> every, government building. Every episode he's in a lower and lower position until he's just <laughs> on the street. All right, your final rating of this episode, Michael. I appreciate some of the things about ecosystems even though they ultimately decide to destroy the ecosystem for the sake of Glacia. I'm going to give this nine buttermilk biscuits out of 17. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. I'm going to give it half a buttermilk biscuit out of two. Yeah, that's fair. Listeners, use that information how you will. Let us know how many buttermilk biscuits you would give this episode. Also, how would you improve Wendy's buttermilk biscuits? What would you do to tweak the recipe to make sure they didn't come out so dark? So dark. It's too much. Uh, She thinks it's because she didn't mix them fast or slow enough. I'm pretty sure it has to do with the oven. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Uh, And I also want to mention the reason... Pretty much the only reason for my rating is that sweet bat boat design. Otherwise, yeah, it would have been no buttermilk biscuits. And yeah. wouldn't Aquaman be sad if there were no buttermilk would biscuits? Be. He would be. Also, did you notice that bit of PR for the killer whale in this no. episode? No. He asks a question of a killer whale and he goes, but despite its name, is actually a very gentle creature. Man. Which is not true. They aren't gentle creatures. Yeah, no, they're, they're not. They're killer whales. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, they're not tricking me, and they're not tricking any of our listeners, uh, because that's how smart they are. Thank you so much for listening. Till next week, I have been Wonder... Uh, Wonder, Ro- Wonder Roger? And I've been Wendy Michael. <laughs> Good night, America. Good night. <laughs>